welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Very good. Is there any, any slight improvement, if it's 2%, 1%? Did anyone feel anything? Um, it's, it's okay if you didn't. Well, it's not okay, but it's okay, meaning there's no pressure on you. Um, awesome. That's, that's, um, I've seen enough time bomb prayers in my life to know that even when we don't see it, he's moving. Yeah. Often you think your prayers are like little time bombs when you pray for people and they just go off it other times. Is that okay? Yeah? Because yeah. remember when the fig tree was cursed, it didn't wilt and die immediately. It was three days later. Remember? So the manifestation of healing might not be instant, but something happened when the f- Jesus cursed the fig tree. The root started to die, but the manifestation of it that we can see didn't happen for two more days. So it's, it's like life in the kingdom. It's a life of trust and faith. But our, the answer to our prayers, it's not as much a result of great faith. It's more importantly, about great surrender. And what we want to see and, and the dreams and the outcomes and the answers, it's, let's just picture it here. And then if we go over here and we, we look at what Virginia and Lee were sharing in the songs and champion, seated, promise after promise after promise after promise after promise after promise, everything hidden in the Old Testament, now available, that the prophecies Isaiah and David saw worship in a way, and now it's available for us, the list, the Old Testament pointing towards Jesus, and now we're in it. Paul said in Colossians that, that there was this mystery hidden for ages, meaning Daniel didn't know it know it. David didn't know it. Moses did not know it. Isaiah might have caught a glimpse as he was prophesying Isaiah 53 that there'd be one that grew up tender and slender and that he would be pierced for our transgressions, this one that would come. So this Old Testament's pointing toward the anointed one, the Messiah that would come. But, but Colossians says that this mystery was hidden, so it was covered It was concealed. And it goes on to say, and this mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. This mystery now has been revealed through Jesus coming, the face of God, to reveal the Father and what he's like so that we can know God and what God is like. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hebrews 1.3. He he is the exact representation of the Father's being. It was with great pleasure that the Father was pleased to fill Jesus with all the fullness of God. And And I, just standing here, just acknowledging that full list of everything that is now available, that's in our account. But then, then we've got this, this, this. This gap right here in the middle. What we're trying to see, and a lot of the stuff can't be concrete because we're not quite sure exactly how we want it to pan out. And we want to trust him enough to know what kind of life and, and legacy and influence and impact and feeling and security we want to feel. 
But if we make it too concrete, we get into religion and formula and get overly disappointed too much because it didn't work out exactly the way that we pictured. If we have fixed outcomes of the way that he needs to answer prayer, we are susceptible to defer hope because prayers are answered in a different way, which causes us to think nothing happened and we push hope off into a distance because we think nothing happened, which causes disappointment, which causes us to defer hope, which makes our heart sick. And that's why Proverbs said, guys, keep your hearts with all diligence. Guard and protect your heart because everything comes from it. Everything comes from it. So we've got this gap in the middle of, of, of we know what we're wanting to see and the middle's beautiful as well and there's things happening all the time in the middle. So we don't want to get destination focused or outcome fixed. Because great things are happening right now all around us. Is everything over here manifesting now? No. So there's there's some things that we are invited into partnering with the Lord to see that manifest here firstly in belief and encounter and then applying and then watching and being okay with some stumbling and failing but getting back up and trying again and when we start to see that and do that more of that is going to happen but the key in here is what I want to talk about today and it's this This vehicle, so to speak, that sees that manifest here, but then grow into there. And it's this fellowship part, this connection part, this intimacy part, this conversation part, because we can say things out of our mouth, but void of connection can often be just words. And it's a massive encouragement, I think, to us to see the life of Jesus and the connection between prayer and presence and the manifestation of the kingdom on the earth. Because we're not, we're not seeking the presence of God so that he will do something. He's already given us his spirit without limitations. We're pursuing the face, again, of a perfect father. So there's something about fellowship that I feel the Lord highlighting in the current season we're in of just acknowledging we're seated at the table. That's an Old Testament promise that's been manifested now because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus was at the table during Passover, sharing communion There's something significant about the table, about being seated with Jesus. But the presence of God is is something we want to press into more, and not so much that he would just break out, but that we would know him, that we would experience him, and that we would have fellowship with him, That that we would know that there's fellowship, that we would feel that there's fellowship, that... Like Peter, when he denied Jesus, he followed from a distance. 
Often there can be a following from a distance because of shortcomings, but the Father doesn't see the shortcomings the way you see the shortcomings. So we position ourselves differently to the way that we have been positioned and we move ourselves from outside the inner circle, so to speak, with the Father, Son and Spirit, and we take ourselves outside of that circle and we follow from a distance, even like some sort of punishment, and then when we do all the right things, then we can squeeze our way back into the circle. And it's not actually like that. And so much of life is like that, consequence. And there is consequence. But the way that he deals with consequence is different. He loves having conversations and treating us according to who we are and the gold that is in us. And he doesn't stumble over what we're not. He never stumbles over what we're not. He doesn't trip up or, or get caught out by what we're not. Because he knows it all. Like he's not shocked now. Oh my gosh, I died for this and look at this now. Like he doesn't get caught out. He doesn't get shocked. He's, I mean, things matter to him. His heart can get hurt and grieved and sad, absolutely. But the, the way that, that the, the gap is bridged and there's a greater understanding and feeling around what's available and actually having hope, living hope in us to see things happen right now and there is this fellowship thing, I think. This fellowship deal of heart to heart, spirit to spirit, friend to friend, face-to-face, growing and learning what it means to commune and to connect with God. Because I think so much of it can be from a distance because we, I don't know, we might not have just taken the time to learn how to spend time with him. I'm not sure. Um, Just learning how to pray out loud. I I don't know how common it is for people to pray on their own out loud, Um, which again is an identity deal because you think you sound weird or say the wrong things or it's embarrassing or awkward or if someone comes in, I'll only do it if I know no one's home (laughs) or I'll lock the door and some people don't care and they're free and confident. Some are shy and different. But the learning how to engage with him, the learning how to read the word and see and invite the spirit of truth whose responsibility and role is to guide us into all truth. The spirit of truth, I'll send you the spirit of truth and he'll come and he'll guide you into all truth. Jesus is like, we are a partnership, Father, Son and Spirit and we value and love truth and, and I'm making a way so that the spirit of truth can come and dwell in you and I'll be in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'll be in you and the Father will be in you and you'll be one and there's this truth thing about God and everything that he's like, Old Testament and New Testament, and the Spirit is going to do this incredible deep work as we read truth to guide us into it, not just to be smarter, but to have a life-altering encounter with truth, who is a person. And then we start to have fellowship with truth, with Jesus, and things start to click. But they click more when we can learn that he loves us and he's for us and he's pleased and he's proud and he's constantly inviting us and he's never demanding. But there are consequences and often the consequences is just us missing out because we're not believing where we're seated and what he thinks about us and we're believing that we suck and we're no good. 
So it's challenging. It is challenging because we're busy. How you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I didn't ask. I didn't ask what's happening with your time. <laughs> it's like, how are you? Yeah, yeah, we're doing good. House is what? No, I was asking how you were. So, yeah, that's interesting. We'll go there. Um, so, yeah, it's often like it's a question I'll ask people, like, how are you doing? And it moves very quickly into external circumstances, which I get. Some people, you don't want to, you know, go down to level three or four. You just want to keep it one or two. Yeah. How are you doing? Great. Went to the tennis. Sweet. No offense to anyone I spoke to the tennis this morning. I'm not referencing that. At all. I had multiple conversations with people about the tennis. I'm not referring to you. He might be. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's just challenging. I think that's, that's a challenge, to be present enough to know where you're at. And not where you're at in your head, but where you're at because he's been speaking to you about where you're at and you know what he's been highlighting and touching and encouraging and guiding and you just know where you're at. It's super challenging because time, time just goes and we let it go. And you can look back. You might look back 10, 20, 30 years. I'll look back at 10 years since coming home from Bethel and I can, I can go into deep, dark depression <laughs> real quick just with what I wanted to see and what I want to see and you just go, wow, I've been back 10 years. But you, can't, you don't want to go there because there was so much gold and good and we, we want to celebrate and lock into what he is doing, not what he's not because the enemy's plan is always to say, yeah, but. This, 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 this is not happening, and that's you, and that's on you. You're no good. But yeah, this fellowship thing, I feel like the Lord encouraging us into, and whenever he highlights something, there's grace for it, which means the ability to do it that we didn't have before, and you guys know that. We talk about that a lot. The grace of God, the kindness and favor that, that is released, that helps us. It's kind for him to help us. And... And I really feel that prayer is, is a main vehicle to encounter his face. Yeah, I really feel like there's a, few, there's a, there's a couple of things. Like there's prayer, there's talking with God, there's, which is prayer. It's more than that. I don't know if we'll get there today, but we'll just keep going into it um, week after next maybe. There's prayer, there's worship, it's placing value on him, it's different to prayer. So prayer and worship, and there's reading his word, and again, that becomes Christian cliche and just stuff that we do. What's the top five things that we do as a Christian? Come to church, pray, worship, read the Bible, fellowship with believers. Five, bang. And they're all really important, but we just become familiar with them. And we just like, oh yeah, there are five things I need to do. And then we just, we kind of, we can just wing it. He can wing it for a while. That's cool. Like Grace, it's awesome. Like He wants us actually to learn how to live outside of our coffee and seat and reading the Bible with him. He wants us to learn. That's really important. And we, I think we came a long way with that. I remember Mike teaching on it. We taught on it that it's not just the secret place. It's every place. So we came, came a long way with understanding that, that. It's not just about the secret place. It's about every place. But then we can go too far with the every place. And we're just like, sweet. 
I can get transformed and locked in and process a whole bunch of stuff in my car. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you can. <laughs> I can't. But this invitation to, to feel connected to him. And again, feeling doesn't mean tangibly. It can and it's great and excellent and go for that. But, but a knowing, an internal knowing that, that what's happened, Colossians 1.13, you've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son that he loves. There was a transferring, you are now one with him. All these amazing, beautiful, crazy, powerful statements and truths, do you feel them? Do you experience them? Or is it a word on a page? And there's, there's a constant invitation by Jesus, by the Trinity, to invite you into knowing. And that's what I love about Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy. We'll come back to them. Fill you with all peace and joy in believing so that you would abound in hope now for that abound in hope now, current hope, because of that stuff. I'm eagerly anticipating good there and here because of hope. So I want to abound in hope through the God of hope. But if I'm following from a distance because I think I'm no good, then I'm going to watch and hear a lot about hope, but I'm actually not going to manifest hope in my mind and my heart on a daily basis and I'll actually defer it, which is the opposite of what we want. Because deferring hope makes the heart sick. So disappointment after disappointment after disappointment about situations and people and groups will eventually, if we don't deal with it, cause our heart to get sick, which is soul-based. And that's, and that's a breeding ground for offence, bitterness, unforgiveness, revenge, um, having the goal of disconnect, um, avoiding all that yucky stuff. Um, um, He's so good. Where was I? Hope. Yep. Bang. Got to keep going or I'm cooked. Um, Romans 15, 13. Thank you. Excellent. Um, May the God of hope... So acknowledge that, full of hope, full of hope, full of hope. He wins with a pair of twos. Bill Johnson quote, he wins with any hand. So just when you think you're cooked and you've got a pair of twos, you're like, no, there is no chance. There's a fair bit on the line. He can win. You can win. You go through the Bible stories, characters, everyone, they're, they're at their point. But, but God, but, but God, there's this hope thing that's important. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Joy is rooted in grace. I think it's kara, C-H-A-R-A is the Greek. Charis is for grace, but kara, kara, not kara, hey kara, um, kara um, is uh, it's, uh, what's the word, derived from grace. And the word joy and rejoicing means rejoice because of grace. 
So I'll fill, fill you with all peace and joy. Peace is shalom, the covenant name of God that's always been true and always been who he is. So that transfers through into the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And we actually get to be constantly filled and flooded, even though it was a one-time act, but it's a constant filling and flooding with joy and with peace. So may the God of hope, acknowledging that hope is a massive deal, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Here's the line, in believing. So this journey of in the middle, in believing him, it's not a behavioral management program you are in. It is a beliefs management program. It is a beliefs journey that we're invited into upgrading our beliefs to think like him, which is repentance. Repentance isn't I'm sorry. In repentance, it has a remorse in there for, for not living up to his standards, but the remorse is not um, guilt-shame-based. It's hope-based because there's more. There's more to think. So he's filling us with joy and peace in believing. We need joy in believing because some prayers we think, and to be fair, if someone dies, it doesn't get answered. And I don't want to go into saying nice things about people that pass away to make ourselves feel better and create doctrine around it. But we, we get disappointed and we get hurt. We need joy in our believing. Because if someone passes away, which we've prayed for people and they have, if someone passes away, I've got a choice. I can defer hope and choose not joy and follow from a distance and be wounded and hurt and then bleed on everyone else. Or I can actually go to God who bled for me so that I don't have to bleed on everyone else. Could Mitch jump up? Or someone? Tash can, Mitch can, anyone who wants to give it a go? <laughs> nah, he'll, he'll just leave. Nah, he won't. Ichabod, the glory has departed. No. Um, yeah, all joy and peace in believing. Peace, the shalom of God. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Just because you're not where you're at, it doesn't mean you're broken. And even when you feel like you're broken, Broken crown, crayons still colour. They just do. You just snap one in half, take the paper off back a bit, still going to get some blue out of it. And that's important to know. Because we just think, we, we, we leapfrog this middle bit into there, and it's an absolute lie. And we've got to stop. We've just got to stop one day mindset like oh, one day where's the revival like you've got to we've got to stop that I love what Bill says I'm bleeding for revival he's like great have one have one there's enough fire there's enough oil there's enough beliefs there's enough mindset there's enough discipline there's enough people there's enough in you to to stir the pot, so to speak. There's enough in you to contact some people you need to contact. There's enough in you to go to some services you might need to go to. 
There's enough in you to go to a conference you might need to go to. There's enough in you to, to talk to your family about, let's spend some time with the Lord and I'll have the kids and you do that. I've said that for five years. But there's enough in you. This is not a robotic, methodical, clinical, cold process. It's a life-giving exchange with the Father that's calling us into experiencing Him so we actually feel like we're Christian and that we're happy. And you can be happy even when things are in turmoil. It's a promise, but it doesn't make sense. But Paul said it. He said, consider it absolute, pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds because it does something that nothing else can do. The mountains do not shape your faith like going through it. It doesn't develop character because gifts are great. May 6th means something to someone. Who's that? May 6th? you know someone May 6th. I just felt that. But we're in this. Where was I? Yeah, even when we're going through it, we think, we often just go distant mode and retreat mode and stay home mode and not read mode and not engage mode, not pray mode, not crank up the worship mode, which is a sacrifice of praise when you're going through it because you don't want to but there's crowns and there's rewards and there's gifts and there's upgrades for those that can guard their heart and keep it pure and not offended by what doesn't happen and trust that he has you all joy and peace peace it's in the middle of chaos Chris Gore even teaches that it's the spirit that sets itself up against chaos that's in you, that you have the ability to release for others, but all joy and peace in believing so that you would abound in hope by the spirit and the power of God. So that you would abound in hope, not just a little bit, but you would abound in hope. You would know if you're abounding in hope. You would know it. And this isn't you better abound in hope, but you would just know if you are. And I think it's fair, it's legal, it's okay for us to want to feel like we're abounding in hope. That's what I, no, no, it's just by faith, brother. No, no, that's, that's someone who doesn't want to go after encounters with him because it's a bit too hard and requires too much vulnerability and effort. It is by faith. And sometimes that's all we've got. But by faith, I'm going to encounter Him. By faith, I'm going to experience Him. By faith, I'm going to know that I 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 know that He is with me, that He is for me, and that I feel like I'm abounding in hope. And it's not subject to stuff going on and if I'm there and what's happening here is subject to that may the God of hope fill you as we stand with all joy and peace in believing so that we would abound by the power of the Holy Spirit
guarding our heart is a big deal. We're guarding our heart against people, circumstances, and even our own thoughts. Thank you, Jesus. So just so you know, we're not just going to pull the rug out of the service now and doesn't mean we're going to hang around for an hour either. But it's just part of our journey of growth is a responding time to what's been said. Because if we can't learn that here, it's really difficult to learn that at home when something's highlighted in the Word. What do I do? That verse jumped out. We've got to meditate, which means to mumble and to mutter, to say it over and over and say, God, may the God of hope, what does that mean? Start to have some thoughts. So why don't you just begin to have some thoughts now? Let's just go through this verse together. This is now called encounter time. So why don't you just close your eyes or think about that verse? May the God of hope, what does that mean to you? And you thinking about it and talking, that's prayer. It's talking with God. May the God of hope. Well, you don't feel like the God of hope because of this. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It'd be so good if, yeah, we're, we're just, we'll just keep the kids out for a sec. I love kids. so much thank you we've still got about 10 minutes thank you I love kids yeah may the God of hope fill you 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 what does that mean to you ask him what does that mean to him fill to be consumed just allow your your imagination to run wild with all peace and joy, then we process peace. Tell him you want to feel peace. You want to experience peace and then wait and just take some breaths and sit on peace for five or ten minutes. Look up some verses on peace. And joy, what does joy look like? Ask yourself, are you... Do you have joy? Then we begin to highlight a whole bunch of stuff and we're in prayer and we're engaging with Him. And we, we look at our beliefs. What are we believing? And we might need to write down some lies we're believing and then replacing them with truth. And then knowing that if we do that, then... We're going to abound in hope. And we're half an hour down the track with one verse. And then when that clock hits 8.30, the kids will burst in. Or you've got to go to work. And, but there's been time to process where you're currently at in this middle bit. So thank you, Jesus that you care about our hearts.